change. Others are pushing for it. A new wave of young professionals is entering the workforce, bringing with them alternative ideas about the role of business in the world. Meanwhile, this era has seen the generation and accumulation of unprecedented wealth, and the next cohort of wealthy individuals wants to approach things differently, combining their business activities with their commitments to society. In fact, in recent years, more and more questions have been arising about the nature of capitalism itself and whether its current practice really serves our society and the planet. Many have responded with anger, as was the case at the height of the Occupy movement. Others have sought a more pragmatic approach to economic and financial transformation. At such a moment, it is hardly surprising that impact investing is attracting the interest of everyone from bankers to philanthropists to private individuals. Here is a new way of deploying capital that can combine the demand for profitability with a desire to solve social and environmental problems. Whether it is a globally connected teenager making an online microloan to an African farmer or a retiring executive taking on a new role as head of a social enterprise in the United States, a new spirit of social activism is emerging. Fewer and fewer people are content to sit back and watch the world's problems unfold before them. They want to play an active role in making things different, and to do so in new ways and with the new tools and resources at their disposal. Impact investors belong to this community. Perhaps you've already made an impact investment or are thinking of doing so. If this is the case, you are not alone. Cortez's story is just one among many of the growing community of impact investors, people and organizations seeking to use their money to solve some of the world's biggest problems. Like Cordes, they may want to empower women to create better lives for themselves and their families. Or perhaps their goal is to help halt the destruction of precious natural resources. Whatever their aim, they want to find innovative new ways of tackling these problems. Perhaps you have similar goals and have worked toward them by giving to nonprofits or volunteering your time. Or perhaps your values are reflected in your purchasing decisions, from fair trade coffee to products made from recycled packaging. Until recently, it seemed, these were the most practical ways of pursuing such goals, particularly if you weren't part of the 1%. Even if you made it into the Forbes list of the world's wealthiest, traditionally, you made contributions to society by maximizing your wealth first and then thinking about addressing social and environmental challenges by giving away part of that wealth. In addition to making grants, volunteering, or purchasing ethical products, You can now invest in enterprises or projects, such as affordable housing or sustainable forestry, that use markets to attempt to solve seemingly intractable problems or meet a social need. If these models prove successful, you may recoup your money with some profit. In some cases, these investments may perform as well as your traditional investments. In other cases, they may not, by design, meet the threshold of a traditional investment portfolio. At the same time, impact investing is not a replacement for traditional grant-making, which often remains the most effective tool of philanthropy. Impact investing offers a middle way between philanthropy and pure financial investment. It is a means of using capital to drive financial value and social and environmental impact simultaneously. It enables you to combine both motivations at the same time. It's a new world of opportunity. A New Type of Business Model For friends Shafi Mather and Ravi Krishna, 
Two alarming encounters with healthcare systems in two different parts of the world would radically alter their career paths. For Mather, it happened one evening in Kerala, India, when he found his mother choking in her sleep. He had no idea whom to call for help. His mother survived after an intensive care unit admission, but the experience left a lasting impression. A few days later, Krishna's mother collapsed in Manhattan and was retrieved by an ambulance within four minutes. The difference, they realized, was 911, the U.S. telephone number that provides quick, easy access to emergency services. They also realized that if an educated Indian citizen in urban Kerala did not know what to do in an emergency, how could poor, uneducated Indians cope with one? Mather's experience was not an isolated case. With no number to call, anyone with a medical emergency, particularly those in low-income communities, was better off calling a friend with a car or even a local rickshaw driver than an ambulance.